We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Good morning, Jed. You're looking so nice and clean. Why, thank you, Dan. And welcome to a conversation with you. Yes, and with you. <laughs> it's good to have everybody here again with us this week. Uh, we've had some fun going through some different topics. And last week we took a break from deep dive in a Bible topic specifically to do some yep. Christian evidences. Historical stuff. Yeah. Yep. Which, thank you to all of you who were out there that watched it and shared it. There was a lot of people that responded pretty positively to that. That's great. So, who knows? Maybe we'll do something like that in the future. But for this week, before we dive into our topic, I don't do this often, but I would really encourage you, if you're watching, especially on our YouTube channel, and you haven't subscribed I, I would encourage you to do so, you know, do the whole YouTuber thing, click the buttons, get the, you know, announcements and anyway, all that stuff that I try not to say very often, but it does help get these videos out to more people. Yes. Yeah. And so especially when we have something like last week that obviously a lot of you were interested in, it's neat to see how far those things can go. And we really appreciate hearing back from a lot of you with your... And I think even a lot of people that are seeking out there that may be students of the Word and they're not members of Churches of Christ, they mm. they may be interested in that oh, video yeah. last week and others, of course. But. Yeah. It's a good entry point to some other things that we discuss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for this week, what does it mean, Dan, to call on the name of the Lord? Okay. I think many times when we talk about this, we talk about it in counterpoint. We're trying to argue with somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a healthy way to go about studying this situation. So okay. what I'd like to do today is look at the phrase in the, excuse me, in the Old Testament and the New Testament and just see in the different contexts what the Bible is actually talking about. Sure. So first of all, everybody out there, let's turn to Genesis 4. 4, okay. 25 and 26. This is in the story of Cain and Abel and then how Seth was born after Cain killed Abel. Brother Lovejoy. All right, 25 and 26 of Genesis 4. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also was a son born, and he called his name Enosh. At the time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. All right. This is the first instance in the Bible where we have this. And we, if we just took this passage by itself, we wouldn't have um, much evidence as what is really meant there. But let's walk a little bit further into the book of Genesis. Okay. Uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 12. And verse 8, and this is talking about Abram and Abram's uh, devotion to the Lord. Let's read that. All right. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. 
There he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. All right, you'll notice several things from this. If you read the story of Abram, you know that God had, had called him out of Ur of the Chaldees mm -hmm. and asked him to do something that was really outlandish to leave his family and his friends and everybody else and go hundreds of miles to the land of Canaan and uh, become a sojourner there in that land, which he did. Yeah. So he was already trusting and following the Lord. Mm -hmm. And this passage shows that the, the intent of calling on the name of the Lord in this way is worshiping God. Okay. Um, notice the word there, there. Right. He built an altar. So in that spot, mm -hmm. he built an altar, and in that spot, he called upon the name of the Lord. So he was reaching out to connect with God, you know, yeah. at that time, at that place, in a special way. Okay. And it, he was doing it through sacrifice, which is interesting because Genesis 4 is about sacrifice and how God accepted one and didn't accept the other. Right. The Cain and Abel story. There. Right. And the, the descendants of Cain did not evidently call upon the name of the Lord, but mm. Abram, who was a descendant of Seth, did call upon the name of the Lord. And in this okay. case, it means he worshiped God intentionally. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's go to another one. Let's go to Genesis 13. I believe it's four. Let's see if that's Let's right. Let's see. Uh, to the place where he had made an altar. Uh -huh. Okay. Genesis 13, 4. To the place where he had made an altar Back at the first. Back up one verse so you can. Okay. Verse 3. And he, Abram, journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. All right. So this was again... If you know where the Negev is, that's the very southern part of Palestine, closest to Egypt, and he goes up to where Bethel is, where he had built an altar, and using that altar there, mm -hmm. yeah. he called upon the name of the Lord. So again, in a special, intentional way, he worshiped God through offering sacrifice. Uh, he was reaching out to God to connect with God in, in that way. So this phrase is more at least in the way that we're looking at it so far in Genesis, is more than just calling out to God, like calling out to God for help or whatever you know may happen, but it's this is a phrase indicating deep worship. Yes, and, and if you read the story of Genesis, which I recommend if you can read these passages. That'd be good. He's talking about a man who trusted God so completely that he left everything and became a sojourner in Canaan, mm -hmm. and he in spite of the paganism of the Canaanites, he continued to intentionally call upon the name of the Lord. Mm. Go to uh, Genesis twenty-one thirty-three. All right, Genesis twenty-one thirty-three says Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. All right, Beersheba, Beersheba means a well of swearing or the well of the oath. That was a different place than Bethel. Mm -hmm. So it was not only in one place, but there he called upon the name of the Lord. Notice the wording is very, very similar to the others. Oh, yeah. So without trying to read anything into it, except by the context, I would say he must have built an altar there and did as he did at Bethel those other two times and, okay. and did as the descendants of Seth began to do a long time ago. Yeah, and so that would be maybe a distinction even within the same chapter is going to be different than when like Hagar and Ishmael have gone out and they are 
crying out and they are God hears that cry that's yes. different than calling on the name of the Lord yeah it, it it's similar in some ways but there's a particular Hebrew phrase and Jed will put this on the screen so you guys can see it but yeah. it's karabashim okay kara means to call bashim means to the name on the name hmm. and a lot of times you have the word call but not this phrase call on the name or call to the name you okay know? And so, at least in the beginning parts of Genesis, this seems to depict people who are worshipers of God that, that intentionally worship God mm. and try through that worship to call out to Him and, and connect with Him. So the word kara on its own call may be, show up in lots of different places. Right. But kara bashem is specific to these instances of worshiping, calling yes. out to. And, and when the Jewish people today call about ha, talk about Hashem, mm -hmm. the name, yeah. see, they mean the name of Yahweh, and it's very holy, and Bashem is the word that makes this the phrase that it is. Okay. Okay. So let's look at a couple of others. Um, let's go to um, Psalm 99, verse 6, and this kind of solidifies... Okay this particular nuance of calling on the Lord because it has to do with sacrificial worship. Mm. Go ahead. 99 verse 6. Mm -hmm. Moses and Aaron were among the, his priests. Samuel also was among those who called upon his name. They called to the Lord and he answered them. All right, but see the priests in this time were the ones that offered the sacrifices and through those mm. sacrifices worshiped, trusted in, depended on, reached out to God for his favor, for atonement, for all these different things. So yeah. it's not like they just one time said a prayer or something. That's never been the intent of this. Sure. It's, it's a devotion to God that, in, at least in, in one way, expresses itself in regular, intentional mm -hmm. worship. Okay. Okay. I'm following. Yeah. So let's expand that and look at some other passages much later on in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms. Let's look at Psalm 31, 17. Okay. Psalm 31, 17. Earlier in the book, but written later. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, probably in <laughs> David's time. Okay. Uh, 31, 17. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. All right, some translations will say, I call upon you. Some will say, I have called upon you. The distinction is not that great in Hebrew. But um, this is not saying that one time, somewhere in his life, David called out to God. Mm. It's saying that he trusts in God regularly and regularly calls out to God because God is the basket in which he has placed his eggs. Okay. So <clears throat> earlier we were looking at Abram worshiping, like having all the sacrifices and things. In this sense, it's not David like sitting down and having a worship service, but is it still the same idea? It's, it's part of the same idea because if, if you remember in, in Psalm 51, David said when he was in his sinful state, you know, you really don't want sacrifices and offerings. Mm-hmm. You want. But then he said, a contrite heart, you know, you will not despise. And then he says, after he repented, now I will offer right sacrifices. Right. So you can't really call upon the name of the Lord just by doing something physical unless your heart okay. is in it. Yeah. So it's still a heart of worship, not just 
acts not of. just the act of worship okay. that's right it's it's a trusting submissive heart as opposed to a rebellious heart gotcha and it's definitely not a one-time thing no all right so go into psalm 50 verse 13 okay. and of course some people may try to extract this one by itself but read it there mm. 15 13 50 13 yes 50 okay 13 do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. You'll notice again the, the connection between worshiping God mm -hmm. and calling on the name of the Lord. But it's also yeah. I'm trusting in God in the day of trouble because I've trusted in him before and All I'm trusting times. in him yeah. now. It's more of the continuation of trust in good and bad circumstances. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, look at Psalm 88, 9. All right. Psalm 88, 9. It says, My eye grows dim though through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands before you. Still, he's, he's talking about regular calling on the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Go to verse uh, chapter 145, chapter 145. I did it, didn't I? <laughs> I tell other people not to do this. Psalm I, 145. All right. I assume the, the phrase spread out your hands before yeah, you it's, is, it's is a prayer. Yeah, it's a, a it's prayer. It's the, you know, the similar continual prayer. Okay, 145 verse... 18 and 19. Okay. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the, the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. All right, notice those who call upon him in truth. Mm -hmm. And he hears their cry. And he saves them. Yes, he does. Hmm. Yes, he does. And of course, you have to remember that you're, and it would apply to the New Testament if we really understand the phrase, but he's talking to those Israelites in the time of the um, Sinai Covenant who mm -hmm. were trusting in the Lord and trying to call on him. Yeah. All right, so go to Proverbs 1 and read 24 through 28. Okay. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one is heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and wouldn't have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. See, that's kind of a, a scary one right there because uh -huh. that says that we can't just wait, not do it, not really trust God, not really worship God not really live for God, and then when we get in a terrible emergency, all of a sudden call out to God and think mm. that God is going to hear us with the same yeah. kind of approval and rescue that he does those that call upon him daily and that try to submit to his will, because that's right. an emergency call okay, and not a true repentance. Yet many people in the religious world today use the passages without context to say that, you know, anytime, any circumstance, you can call upon the name of God. And you can if you're truly changing your life. But many people who call in the emergency, once the emergency is passed, mm -hmm. they, they never pick up the telephone again. It's more the God is the genie, fix this situation. Yeah, not that I'm dedicated to you. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So let's go to the New Testament to Acts. And let's go to Acts chapter 2. I figured that's where we're going. Are we going to look at the Old Testament tie-in where it comes from too? Well, it's from Maybe. Joel chapter <laughs> 2, verse uh, 28 to 32. And you can all turn back there if you want to. But Here's back in that context, in Joel, the people had rejected God and they had turned away from God. And, and God is looking forward to a coming time mm-hmm. when he's going to send prophets again and pour out the spirit and then it's those that really call upon the name of the lord that are going to be saved right all right so in acts 2 21 he says so here we have it it says and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the lord shall be saved all right so if you if you start back there at verse 17 he's talking about the prophet joel joel Mm -hmm. chapter 2 and he quotes that prophecy in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Mm-hmm. Your uh, old men shall see visions. Young men dream dreams. Whatever on on my spirits, on 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 my servants and my handmaiden, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. You know. And then he says, and when all that starts happening again, which in Luke Acts happens at the beginning with John the Baptist, and all the way through right. the book of Acts. Then you will know that it's time that whoever truly calls upon the name of the Lord yeah. will be saved. Okay. But then he explains that in what follows. Yes, he does. He starts that in verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus mm-hmm. of Nazareth. Yeah. The one who you thought you understood, but you really didn't. Let mm-hmm. me tell you about him. And then if you read verse 36, yeah. he's proven his case that he is the Lord upon whom we must call. Yeah, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. All right, so the very next verse is, okay, if, if Jesus is the Lord on whom we must all call to be saved, then what are we supposed to do in order to do that? Which is literally what they ask. Yeah, they what say, do they say? They say, brothers, what shall we do? And in verse 38, Peter says to them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, so he answered their questions. But if you read the whole Bible, which you should, and not just that passage, you realize that calling on the name of the Lord is not a one-time deal. Mm. He's talking about a true life shift in which they begin to trust in the Lord and depend on the Lord and regularly worship the Lord and regularly call upon the Lord. Jesus becomes the, the center and the focus of their confidence in life, and they submit to him. See, that's and what's involved in the first stages of that is true repentance, so it's truly call upon the name of the Lord, mm-hmm. and baptism. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everybody's read Acts twenty two sixteen. Let's go to that. Acts 22. This is when Saul of Tarsus, who was a persecutor of Christians, mm-hmm. he says, And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. All right, so... Some of us, everybody out there, listen to me. Some of us do violence to the scripture. If we imply that all that is involved in the calling on the name of the Lord is baptism. Mm-hmm. Because if we've read the best of the Bible, that's not true. But the calling on the name of the Lord that begins our life trusting in Jesus involves baptism. Mm-hmm. And when you are baptized, when you're trusting in the redemptive work of Christ and you're buried with 
Christ in baptism into death and raised with him uh, in new life, then by doing that, you are putting your trust in, you are calling out to the Lord. As 1 Peter 3 says, you are appealing to God for with a good conscience. Right, right. You're doing what he told you to do. So you're beginning your submission and trust of the Lord in doing that. That's yeah. part of it. So it's not a verse that we can chop up in either way. It's not, and why do you wait, rise, and be baptized? end of sentence, yeah. but it's also not rise and call on the name of the Lord, end of sentence. It's you're being baptized into something and committing to a long-term yes. relationship, basically. You, you call upon the name of the Lord daily. Yeah. If you read the rest of the Bible, call, mm-hmm. calling on the name of the Lord means worshiping God, trusting in God, praying regularly to God, and that begins in a relationship with Jesus with repentance and baptism, mm. and then it continues. Uh, calling on the name of the Lord was never a single prayer that somebody uttered. Never. Mm. It may be part of something. Like we're not negating that there's an initial like realization of your sin and crying no. out. No, all sort of all of that is good. But if you want to submit to the Lord, you mm. got to carry through with what the Lord tells you to do. Yeah. All right. And so, if you'll go to Romans ten. Okay. He talks about confessing Jesus as Lord. And then when you get down to verse 12, what does he say? Verse 12, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right. So if Jesus is your Lord and Master, mm-hmm. and if that's really real, yeah, see... And uh, then you, you become part of that group of people that trust in, depend on, submit to, regularly call upon. Mm-hmm. See, the term is rich. It doesn't mean yeah. God is great, God is good, and we thank you for the food. Let's go play ball or something. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean, Lord Jesus, be my Savior, now I'm going to go back to my... No, it doesn't mean any of that. Mm. Yeah. It means I'm a worshiper of God. I'm submitting to the Lord. I've put all the the trust of my heart in Jesus, and I'm, I'm trying to follow Jesus, that's calling on the name of the Lord. It doesn't end. Yeah. It keeps going, like it says in the Old Testament, daily. And so a lot of that, it sounds like, you know, going back to where we were in the Hebrew, we're used to just associating calling out as just that one word, and we're not realizing the phrase that's actually behind this. Yeah, the, the phrase so from Old Testament to New means a genuine commitment and trust mm. and everything that comes with that to the Lord. God in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot more to it than just the basic words on the page, so to say. Yes. There's some history, again, if we know the whole story or we read more of it. Yep. Are you one of those who calls on the name of the Lord? I didn't ask you, are you one of those who sometime a long time ago said a prayer? That's not what this means at all. Are you one of those that calls upon the name of the Lord every day of your life and submits to his will, as he says in Scripture? Um, My grandson asked me this question this last week. He said, "Um, Papa, explain to me Matthew 7 21 and following. Let's go to there and read that real quick. Okay. Matthew 7. 21 to 23. 21. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And then he says in verse 24, if every, anyone that does hears these words of mine and does them, mm -hmm. which is about really calling on the name of the Lord, mm. you're going to build your house, you put yeah. all your eggs upon the rock. So you're going to put it on the rock. Yeah. So you can't just read a verse. you got to read the... Get all of it in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, again, not the, I did that one thing. Wasn't that good enough, God? Yeah, I said, Lord Jesus, save me, hit me, you know, in that one moment. Now it's all done. Now I can go about my life. No way, hmm. Jose. It's a daily relationship with God under God's terms, submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Dan. Thank you, Jed. Glad to go through these things. Yeah. And we hope that they are of benefit to you. And as we always say, or at least we try to every now and again, don't just take our words for it. You know, go in, look back at these scriptures, explore that context and the stories, you know. And hit some, that share button. Yeah, and then share it with other people. Discuss this with other people because it only benefits us the more time we spend dwelling in God's word, okay? And don't ever let this become an argument. Simply share this and present it and let people explore it and let them read the word and let them come to their own Conclusions. The word itself is powerful if we just let people see it. Mm -hmm. So this is a great truth, a deep truth for all of us. It's not something that we just need to use for arguing because we alienate more people than we'll... Oh, yeah. Because the concept that we're trying to convey or that the Bible is trying to convey through that phrase isn't just in that phrase. No, you'll, it's You'll a deep... find this concept... In yeah. multitudes of spaces. It's really fundamental if you really understand what it's talking about. So y'all yep. have a great day out there. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.